Hello and welcome to this week's Restoration Church Podcast. My name is Trevor Witt and I get to bring the teaching to you. So we are continuing this With God Life series and today I'm talking about cultivating a praying life versus just having a prayer life. And so there may, there's a little bit of nuance to that definition there, but I, the point we're wanting to drive today is this cultivating this life of prayer that's an outflow of you transforming into Christ likeness versus just following the, the checklist of what makes a good Christian. Uh, I want you to start out by thinking about this question of what, what comes to your mind, uh, when you think about prayer? So when I was working through this teaching, I was thinking about that for myself. And, and it is, I went right to growing up in the church where uh, it was more of that checklist of where uh, you need to pray, you need to read your Bible, you need to do X and Z and all, all these sort of things. And, and that's, that's how you're a good Christian. And which that can come from a good heart where teaching those habits and and those things are are things that um we as Christ followers do but you can't mistake those for the real thing for the real relationship uh with God the Father with the Holy Spirit and with Christ you you can't put a checklist of items and call that a relationship and so what does pray what does a praying life look like as this outflow of our of our relationship with Jesus and now uh, that drew me to three things where it's, yeah, it's that point of, of thinking that systems are good, habits are good, uh, these sort of things that, that we should do, but don't mistake those for the real thing, for the real relationship. And then thinking about what, what's the point of praying? Um, and, and there's, there's a lot of points to it, but the big one that was highlighted to me and as I am, uh, seen in scripture in my studies this year is this contrast between hard hearts and soft hearts. And where I see prayer of having a prayer life, it's that ability to cultivate a soft heart of softening your heart, of being receptive to God's will, of being receptive to his instruction and then going and doing what he has for you. And then last, establishing some of these cues to where you maybe may have habits. Every, all of us have habits and, and potentially hangups where we get even subconsciously cued and we go into that bad habit or, or that bad routine. Uh, but we can use that to our advantage for good habits, for good lifestyle changes. And, and we can do that too with prayer. We can set up these cues to where instead of uh, sinking into a habit, it alerts us to, hey, this is the time to talk to God about it. This is the time to to voice, lift my voice up in, in prayer. So when we look at systematic prayer, um, you got you got the first, first big one, uh, which is how Jesus taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Of, and it's a great prayer. It's a great instruction. It's a great format to show us how to pray and how to think through the structure of prayer. But again, don't mistake it for the real thing. Don't mistake it for a relationship. Um, don't uh, repeating a prayer over and over again. Um, it doesn't make you any more of a friend of God than me repeating something over and over again to my spouse. Um, it's a give and take. It's a realness with each other. That's how you build relationship and understanding. 
And you've got the systematic prayer. You got praying before meals and which is great. It's great to acknowledge God's blessing to us before we eat. Um, but I don't know. It, I'm a pre- I can tend to be a pretty sarcastic person and uh, nothing drives me crazier than a super loud prayer at, at mealtime, especially in a restaurant or something. It, it just. Uh, I don't know. In my studies of scriptures where I tend to, my, my praying life is more that quiet, reserved, um, by myself mostly. It's me and God. It's not <laughs> shouting for the rooftops of, of, uh, what's going on. There's a, there may be a time for that, but I, I tend to stay away from, from that, that decision. And then, yeah, you've got all the prayer and services you go to where you, where it's just kind of a part of the list. But, um, I bet you've all been to places where it just seems a part of the routine, but then sometimes it is a part of the routine, but you get somebody that prays and then there, you can just see the realness of the relationship with God. I know a guy by the name of Tim that, um, he is one of the most special people to hear pray. Um, I've heard him pray at weddings, at other events and things like that. And it's amazing. It's so real. You can say, you, it's like there's not anybody else in the room. It's just him and God talking. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. And so, so that's where it comes into this relational prayer. You can see the real thing. You can feel the real thing when it happens. And so, where I, where I think of relational prayer is, uh, really showed up in a book I'm going through again lately. So in my job or in my career, I, I run a couple of different businesses. Um, I don't like the word entrepreneur, but maybe that's because I'm so, um, uh, I don't know, don't like labels, but you could, you could call me an entrepreneur. Uh, and so there's this other entrepreneur I really look up to by the name of Terry Looper. He wrote this book called Sacred Pace, um, which if anybody here runs businesses or really it doesn't matter if you run a business or not, this is a great book for uh, godly lifestyle, godly decision making. And in that Sacred Pace, he outlines four different steps where one is gathering the facts. One is looking at the situation at hand and and consulting his friend Jesus but then the all of that surrounded in prayer and I'm missing one of the one of the steps but the last one and the what I kind of see as his most important run is when praying through the decision is getting neutral it's this softening your heart and getting neutral to think cuz as a business owner you you can get wrapped up in your mind of wanting to please people or just wanting to make a ton of money or trying to get too worried about what the next step is. But having a pace and a peacefulness and making it to where God is is really the one running your company and then your job is to go and implement his decisions, um, that's a way to do it. That's a way to give you peace in times of economic uncertainty and tense relationships and all of that is going, okay, God, let, let's see what you want to do here and getting your heart neutral and that, that softening. And that, I really, I, I don't see another way to run a business. I don't see another way to be an entrepreneur and still be a good husband, to still be a good attentive dad to my boys, to still be a good friend and all of that. Otherwise I'd be so wrapped up in all of this uncertainty. Um, and I can see why other entrepreneurs get so stressed out and burned out and things like that. But the, 
living a life with God and, and this and this relationship with Him is it's how we were designed and it's how we work best. And prayer is the way for us to get there. Prayer is our conversation language with God to work work through things. And so this prayer that cultivates a soft heart, um, we look at this contrast between a hard heart and a soft heart. So, um, and, and in these different examples of prayer, we, we've got some of these verses like Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Then in Psalm 5, 2 through 3, Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for you I pray. In the morning, hear my voice. In the morning, I lay down my requests before you and wait expectantly. And then Ephesians six eighteen, pray in the spirit on all occasions and all kinds of prayers and requests. So everything, that's this whole conversation. So a soft heart versus a hard heart. So a hard heart, um, it puts up a veil. It it makes you, um, it lowers your alertness. Um, it leads to destructive decisions and it tries to force the desired outcome. Uh, on my way driving here to record this podcast, um, I, how I go through my, my scripture time is I listen to what's called the daily audio Bible. And today in the Old Testament reading, one of my favorite stories was covered. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect for the podcast. And it's all about Balaam's donkey. I love this story because you got Balaam, who's a prophet. He's a man of God. Um, this other, this king, um, this wicked king, Balak, hires him to go curse the Israelites. And Balaam's like, he knows his real, his position towards God. He knows he's got to do what God tells him to do, but he wants to make some money. He wants to, he wants to get wealthy. He's like, well, Balak's pretty wealthy. Maybe, maybe I can go do that. And there's some back and forth between God saying he can't go, then God allowing him to go. And it ends up to the point where when God tells him, Hey, Balaam, you can go ahead and go. And he's riding his donkey. And then the angel shows up in the road and the donkey stops. And then Balaam gets so mad. He start, he gets off. He starts beating the donkey. He's yelling at him. The donkey starts talking back to him. He starts yelling at him again. And it's like, he's like, dude, you're talking to a donkey. <laughs> and if that's not a hard heart, if that's not trying to force an outcome, if that's not making him lead to a destructive decision where he hears he's got this faithful animal that's always served him well, but now that animal's talking to him and he doesn't even recognize the fact that it's talking to him because he's so mad because he's embarrassed and he wants to go go uh, make some money and do what this king asked him to do even though he knows he really knows in his heart that he's he can only do what God tells him to do. And so so that's an example of a hard heart. But then a soft heart. Oh yeah, and in that hard heart, nowhere in that story do we see Balaam seeking and yearning for the will will of God. Uh it's read into there that he's looking out for himself. Hey, he's got a relationship with God. He knows how to pray, he knows how to talk to him, but he didn't slow down and get neutral in the situation. He was wanting his outcome and God had to smack him in the face essentially to get get him to do what he needed to do. But then yeah, soft heart seeks the good, maintains accountability of this yeah, you're a soft heart. A soft heart isn't this, um, isn't a doormat, 
but it's a level of grace is a parallel right to that. So yeah, you still have accountability there, but, um, there's, there's that softness and then the neutrality of a soft heart of just willing God's outcome, whatever God wants being neutral to that. Cause knowing that's, that's what's best. So he's talked about the hard heart of Balaam. You've got the also great example in scripture that it's always talking about the hard heart of Pharaoh um, through all of those miracles and signs where Pharaoh's heart continued to be hardened. And and there's some tough scriptural debate there about, oh, God hardened his heart. What's that actually mean? I think just take away that Pharaoh's heart was hard and that led to some really bad decisions there. Um and then we look at a soft heart, and our best example of a soft heart in Scripture is Jesus. Um, we we see constantly in Scripture of Jesus having that soft heart towards widows and children. Maybe that's called out explicitly, but what I read into the story is his soft heart for his disciples. Um, here he is with a group of 12 guys that are constantly battling each other for position and superiority and talking about who's better than the other and... And the divisive attitudes of who thinks who's better because they're more righteous or they came from a better family background or somebody's more wealthy. You think of all those bickering conversations that happened um, when we're, we've only got insight into a few of those conversations in Scripture. And these guys lived with each other, traveled with each other for three years. Um, but Jesus was constantly looking out for him and, and you talk and, and we see where Jesus calls out their hard hearts um, after the feeding of, I think it was the feeding of the 2000, uh, the 2000 loaves of where Jesus walks on water. Afterwards, Jesus walks on water, gets in the boat and they're all, all the disciples are freaking out. And then it says kind of there at that end, in part, it's towards the end of Mark five where and for their, the disciples' hearts were hard because they didn't understand the, the miracle of the loaves. And to think, seeing that's just like Balaam, when you see this miracle, these beautiful, wonderful things happening in front of you, and your heart can be so hard that you miss it. Um, and so that's where I think a praying life gets us in tune with, okay, what's God doing here? Opens our eyes to see what he's doing. Gives us that joy in knowing that there's a good work happening, that God's making things happen. Um, when we cultivate that praying life and we open our, that opens our eyes and we see that, um, it's leads to such a better life and we see all the good things that God's doing around us. So talking about these cues that lead to this praying life right now, uh, I need to hear this just as much as anybody where my life is full. My life is busy. I got, I'm overcommitted. I'm doing too many things and too many times I spend a day exhausted. I spend multiple days. I may even spend a week and then I'll realize I haven't prayed at all. I haven't gotten down on my knees and asked God for help. I haven't gotten down on my knees and asked God or talked to him how I'm frustrated with somebody or how I need help and guiding on this purchasing decision. Should I buy this equipment? Should I pursue this client? Um, I just sticks in all my own head and then I'm stressed out. And it's like, I don't need to do that. I shouldn't do that. So what I'm challenging myself and what I'll challenge you to do is those times where you may, may feel your heart starting to tighten up, you're, you're feeling anxious or worried. That's your cue. That's your cue to start praying. It doesn't cost you anything. 
maybe a little bit of time, but you can give up the time for some peace, for some clarity and direction of where to take, take your decisions and things like that. So in using these cues, just like when we breathe, um, I'm trying to focus more on my, my health. I'm, I'm, a, a fairly gifted in my health and that I don't have to do a lot of work. I'm also fairly young. So, and I know that's my metabolisms are not always going to stick with me. So I need to take care of my body. And so one of the things I'm focusing on is my posture and I'm going through this training program that focuses on back strength and, and good posture and things like that. And a part of that, it all starts with breath and this way of breathing and focusing your breath and where you're upright you expand your chest and 360 and you hold that expansion. And as, as you're working through all that, then you're doing all these different physical routines while you're focusing on your breath. And so now that I've been doing it for about a month, I have this cue. Every time I'm slouched at my desk, I'm like, okay, focus on my breath. Oh, that focuses me on my posture. Oh yeah. Cause that's what I'm doing. I'm doing this to maintain this healthy body, to maintain this body that God's given to me to where I can treat it well, to where I live a life where I don't have to be in pain uh, because I am taking care of my body. So just as these, as breathing is becoming a cue for taking care of my body, I'm trying to use these cues of anxiety or worry as a cue to pray. And so in all this, to bring, bring this all, all to a point, we've got this pray, praying life of cultivating a soft heart so that we don't have this hard heart where we're blinded to the miracles happening around us. We want to have this soft heart. We want to get neutral to see the things that God, are, God is doing and participate in his will. And we need to use these cues around us to remind us to pray, uh, to seek his will. And also prayer isn't just praise. It's also letting God know your frustrations. I mean, David does a great job of that, where David was a man after God's heart because he let God know when he was frustrated. And that's that's good. That's that back and forth relationship that, that God wants from us. And so in a message about prayer, I'll, I'll go ahead and close us today. Father God, thank you so much for this time, for this opportunity. I, I hope and I pray in this that uh, everybody who listens to that is able to grab something from it and be able to implement into their lives and get them that one step closer of living this transformed life, of being closer to you, of working with you, of getting one step closer every day to heaven and then the way things will be when we're fully united with you uh, in your kingdom. So God, help help bring your kingdom through our prayer life. Help us get neutral. Help us get us this soft heart so we can see the wonderful miracles around us every day. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.